What? Good football fans. Welcome back to the fourth and my podcast alongside my good friends, Brady Bradley and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. So a peek behind the corner here. We have had, I have had some audio issues the past couple of weeks trying to find a way to be able to record well. And the past 20 minutes we've been, I've been trying to um, troubleshoot that. And then I come in here, my voice cracks on the intro. We are just cooking with a gas gentlemen. How are we? <laughs> we're just we're happy you're here we're, we're entertained i'll tell you that much appreciate that <laughs> we we know who's not entertained it's one of his headsets that broke right in half <laughs> <laughs> it is going well <laughs> to say the least my goodness i think that's a good transition let's move into our nfl notables um starting with the miami dolphins a team that we're going to be talking about today they lost their first and third round picks next year in 2023 it is not because of them trying to pay Brian Flores for tanking. It is the them trying to tamper with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. So they lost a first-round pick and a third-round pick, which is massive news. That's that's massive draft capital for that. Um, moving into a couple injuries, this is the bad part about training camp. We're excited football's back, but this injury stuff is, is the stuff that is tough to – to break the news on Tim Patrick, a guy that I thought I was a little bit high on kind of had a, a sleeper possibility this year. Um, went down with a parent knee injury. It ended up being a torn ACL. He is out for the year. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Our guy, Irv Smith jr. For the Minnesota Vikings surgery on his thumb. He still should be ready for week one, um, but still a little concerning that he had another injury on like the first or second day of camp. Uh, Mike Evans. I don't know when you guys saw this injury, <laughs> when Mike Evans went down with a hamstring injury, I was, Severely concerned because he is my wide receiver eight. So um, it's it's a low end. They call it a low grade hamstring strain. So he should be ready to go. Um, another injury news. This could be a, a big news to watch throughout the year. And even like uh, the impact on other fantasy outputs from this team is Matthew Stafford. Um, elbow tendonitis. Bradley calls it thrower's elbow. So I don't know what that means for all you medical folks out there. Um, but it's something that we're going to have to monitor. He should be ready for week one, um, but they're looking week to week. And then last but certainly not least, we talked or we heard the news today about Kareem Hunt requesting a trade. The Cleveland Browns denied that request. They're not interested in trading him. Where do we want to start with all this news? I think Kareem Hunt is the, the big one we should be talking about, um, specifically for the Browns. Um, if he leaves the Browns, I don't necessarily think Nick Chubb gets a, a step up. I think more of Dearness Johnson is a guy that would fill more of Kareem Hunt's role. And then where would Kareem Hunt go? There's a couple different teams that are still looking for a, a solid running back one, and certainly he would fulfill that. And honestly, his draft capital for fantasy football would, would skyrocket. It would be closer, I would think, to the 15 range. More, I think right now he's closer to lower 20s. Um, he would definitely move up quite a bit. Yeah, completely agree on Kareem Hunt. I think he is a guy that we've seen him be top end, top end running back um, quality in uh, Kansas City before. And so, depending on where that landing spot would be, obviously this is hypothetical because he, the Browns rejected it. But that would have been really interesting to see where he would end up. But for me, what I think is super interesting is we hear all these rumors happen all the time, but like Miami actually losing two picks, like basically, not basically, means all these rumors about Brady and Sean Payton meeting up in Miami were actually true. That's crazy. I think it's even bigger, like in Miami's current situation, right? You go get Tyree kill. You're building all this, 
you know, these weapons and a, and a, just a slew of weapons. But again, they, they still haven't answered is Tua the guy. And they had two first round picks in a chance that, Hey, if Tua isn't the guy, we can still go get that guy. Now this, this really hurts the chances of that losing one of your first round picks. Um, and just to kind of wrap up the cream hunt talk, like this could be a time, a pretty good time in, in dynasty leagues to maybe go acquire cream hunt. Cause I really don't see him ending up in a situation that's worse than where he is right now. I would think it would be either similar or better. If he ends up in Atlanta, I mean, you're looking at like, you're pretty excited about the asset that you have um, in Arthur Smith's system. So I think this could be a time to, to potentially go acquire him. And I think it might be lower because people are just kind of like, I don't really want to deal with it. Dynasty it might be a little different if you've already drafted and redraft leaves, which obviously we don't recommend because that's really early. Um, but if you've already drafted there, you could get him pretty low in that category. You know, what would be my favorite. Yeah. Do you know what would be my favorite spot for a trade destination? Was that? It's a team that we're going to talk about today, the Miami Dolphins. They came to mind. I just think they they, he already, would be unreal yeah, there. No, Kareem Hunt you're talking about, right? Yes. Sorry, Kareem Hunt. Yep. Um, he would be my favorite. Real quick, um, which one's more concerning, Irv Smith Jr. or Mike Evans' injury? Just because Mike Evans is a lot more fantasy relevant, I'd go Mike Evans. I would say Mike Evans as well because – Irv Smith had surgery, so theoretically they corrected the problem, you would think, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mike Evans is something that could linger on just a little bit. For Soft him. tissue. Yep, one more. Um, issue as well, but the, the Tim Patrick Tim Patrick uh, injury, who is the biggest beneficiary? We don't like to talk about people benefiting from an injury, but fantasy-wise, kind of why we do this podcast, we, we talk about fantasy relevance. Who gets a, uh, a tick up for you because of the Tim Patrick injury? I personally would say that tight ends, uh, I think this more solidifies a guy like Albert O that could have some sneaky value. Um, I think they could also have two guys that get in the mix. We talked about Dolrich. Um, so like he could have a chance to be fantasy relevant. Obviously KJ Hamler is in the mix, but I think Albert O is, is probably even more of a sneakier value now at the tight end position. For me, it's Jerry Judy to the moon. You, we talked about potentially Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy getting to splitting reps at the slot position. At this point, like you would think Judy's got to be options one and two for it. So uh, I, I would say Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy for me too. Josh, how about you? I think it's KJ Hamler. I think he's just going to slot right back in and actually be fantasy relevant now, whereas the other guys were already going to be. It's just, you know, ticking up a little bit. Um, but KJ Hamler being that for me. Okay, let's move into the division breakdowns. We are talking about the East region today. Um, So just a reminder what we're going through. We're going through the starting quarterbacks, the running back positions, if there's more than one that's relevant, um, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and then we're going to um, give a division winner, the hardest player to rank, a sleeper target, and then we added a bold take for each division fantasy-wise. So let's get started. We're going to start with the AFC East, starting no other than the division champs last year. The Buffalo Bills, we are starting at the quarterback position. Josh Allen, he is our consensus quarterback one. We all have him as our quarterback one. Last year, he uh, he finished as the quarterback one by a decent amount, by about 30 fantasy points. Do we need to spend a lot of time on this? I guess the question I'll have for you guys is, is he worth a, a, a pick at 201 for you? For me, no. Um, I don't think any quarterback, especially high second round, um, you just you're gonna have to have a historic season, historic season 
to return value there at the quarterback quarterback position because in fantasy, especially in single quarterback leagues, it's such a deep position where if you really wanted to, you could stream the position all year and actually be fine just playing the matchups. Um, where the opportunity cost in the second round is a really good running back, a really good receiver, or you know the Travis Kelseys, Mark Andrews of the world at the tight end position. So I hey, personally so don't. Think I, so. I just want to hold you up there because I, you've been very constant in that theme of not drafting a quarterback early. So I would say Joe Mixon is also a guy that's going in the early second round, late first round. I thought last year he had a historic good year, touchdown wise, production wise. He was still 130 points less than Josh Allen was. Right. And this I, I think though, Josh Allen is the absolute safest player in fantasy football this year. There's an argument to be made about that, but I think the scarcity of the running back position makes that a much more of a value prop for taking a running back there because in the eighth eighth round, you can get a pretty decent quarterback where in the eighth round, you are scraping the bottom of the barrel for the running back position. And that's kind of where I come from with that. Okay, that's I'm, fair. On, I'm, on, hey. I'm on Josh's side on this one. At his ADP, it's just it's tough to to think about that. That's fair. Um, let's move to the running back position. We have a couple of running backs we need to talk about. Is it uh, Team Devin Singletary or is it G- Team James Cook? For me, it's 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 James Cook as we we're interrupted by a dog there. And it happens, I guess. <laughs> he howls, right? We're all at home. Yeah, right. Uh, James Cook, for me, I love his receiving upside. Um, I think that James Cook could be even used not in the backfield. He could be a slot receiver. There's a lot of different things at Georgia. He was used out as a wide receiver position. So for me, it's James Cook um, over essentially the field on that. James Cook is a guy I really like um, in, in those late, in those middle rounds, you know, Josh was just talking about when you get into the eighth round, that sixth, seventh, eighth round range where you're looking, you know, we've talked about this, right? The guys you're looking at that position for are the ones that have really high upside in the pass catching category, especially when you're in uh, 0.5 PPR or full PPR leagues. James Cook is a guy that I am, I am trying to grab everywhere in that because if he's your RB3, maybe even RB4 at that point, I think you feel really good about being able to plug him in your flex, being able to um, put him out there on a week that maybe you've got two bye weeks with your two big guys at the running back position. So I really like his upside there, especially in an offense that's going to be very good. Real quick for our rankings standpoint, uh, Devin Singletary is our consensus running back 32. James Cook is our consensus running back 36. Devin Singletary last year finished as the running back 24 in half-point PPR leagues, but he also played in every single game. So that is not a very good uh, point per game. So that's just another reference as far as scoring-wise. Anything to talk about on the running backs, or can we move to the receivers? I would just say that that's what makes James Cook, like it it makes it harder to go completely all-in because, yes, I mean, he didn't have a, a crazy upside in terms of Devin Singletary, but again, you're capped, you know, at that position with Josh Allen as your quarterback, but Singletary was pretty consistent and solid, a guy that you weren't super upset about if you rolled him out there. So that's with him being there. And and there's some, some buzz around Zach Moss still a little bit, but I think probably the safest one is James Cook because of the upside that he pre- uh, presents. Agreed. Moving on to the wide receivers, um, Stefan Diggs, we're not going to talk too much about him. He is our consensus wide receiver three. Um, last year finished as a wide receiver seven overall, which kind of felt like he had a bad year. I think he's an absolute slam dunk. I I am started seeing myself liking the, the Stefan Diggs at 112, Josh Allen at 201 stack. I think they're going to be really good this next year. Um, moving on to Gabe Davis. This is probably the most polarizing player in fantasy football, in my opinion, this year, either you're all in on him 
or you're out on him. I think his stock is rising. I guess, what is our thoughts on him? He's our consensus wide receiver 37 going into the year. I think you see the top end talent that he was able to do, um, put together in the playoff game where he had four touchdowns. Like he has that trust of Josh Allen. So in, in, in a very polarizing conversation, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm more leaning towards being in on Gabe Davis. Um, Josh Allen's going to have to throw it to somebody. I know he had um, nine touchdowns. I'm getting ahead of myself with Dawson Knox last year. I don't think he's going to be getting that many again, and I think they're going to have to go to someone. I think Gabe Davis is a great uh, candidate for that. I think we've talked about um, Joe Burrow not being able to sustain how he finished the season last year. I think the same is true for Gabe Davis. I, I'm more on the the outs on Gabe Davis, and part of the reason is that he's – Right now, ranked as like the 29th receiver. Guys like Adam Thielen, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman are all behind him and guys that I would take over Gabe Davis at this point. So just kind of, it's a little bit of, I don't know if he's going to sustain what he had last year, but also that you have to invest a decent draft capital to get him. Real quick, uh, you have anything about Gabe Davis, Jeremy? I, mean, I was just going to say that I think the thing that excites so many people about him is that he was, I'm trying to remember these numbers off the top of my head here, but I believe he was 90th somewhere in the nineties in terms of targets, but he was in the top 10 in terms of ed, uh, red zone targets. So like, and that was with, he just didn't have a ton of volume last year. And now you lose um, Cole Beasley, you lose Manny Sanders. There's a ton of targets to be shifted his way. If he, rem, if he like, is able to bring back even half of the consistency that he had with the amount of volume, the little amount of volume that he had, that's where that upside and that excitement comes. He could easily be that type of player, you know, wide receiver. He could easily get in the wide receiver two category. I mean, we're just talking about his quarterback being potentially a first round pick and having the numbers that he has. So that's, what's exciting about him. But again, you know, Brett, uh, Bradley just mentioned, if you're weighing him or the number one in Chicago and Darnell Mooney, that makes it tough. Yeah. And another thing that I would, I would bring up too, is it's a good point about how his production was great last year. Yeah. They, people also know that he's the number two now, so he is going to get the attention of people outside of Stefan Diggs there too. Um, real quick. I have a, a late round interest in Isaiah McKenzie. How about you guys nope. being the slot receiver, like a, a last round pick? Not really. Okay, we can I, I think, I think, I think it, James Cook maybe feels that need more than McKenzie. Well, I know he's had a really good camp, and he's been getting a lot of buzz. That's probably why I, I like I, it. <laughs> sucker for that, so that's why we're talking about it. I, I understand why, but he also – I think he a guy like that also fits the take him in the last round, you see what he does week one. If they have any sort of plan for him, you'll sort of see that. If not, you can cut him. So I think he fits that mold of that player. Yep. Uh, tight end real quick. Dawson Knox worth uh, a late round flyer on him. Definitely. Absolutely. Dawson Knox has touchdown upside. And when you're drafting a, a tight end between the eighth and the 14th ranked, you want guys that can get touchdowns. And I think Dawson Knox is one of those guys. Especially because he's about to, to be outscore him. Who's going to outscore him? OJ Howard. I forgot. I, I didn't even know he was there. That. Don't oh, say my that. guy, OJ. That. That certainly scares me a little bit for, for now, again, it's a, the tight end position. You're taking dart throws. I mean, the difference between tight end eight and nine and tight end 20 is one touchdown basically. So yeah, I don't know. It's tough with so many yeah. miles to feed there. Yeah. You know, yep. I love me some OJ. <laughs> Let's move on to the new England Patriots starting at the quarterback position, Mac Jones. 
had a very good football year last year um, as far as a rookie quarterback. He finishes a quarterback 17. Um, we currently have him ranked as our quarterback 23 going into the year. Thoughts on Mac Jones? I think a lot of the same. I think it's going to be he's going to be efficient as a New England Patriots quarterback, but I don't think he's going to sit there and win you fantasy football weeks. I think for in a like in a super dynasty league, if he's your quarterback three, like you're stoked about that. Just having some floor, like that's kind of what you want. Any thoughts on on him, Jeremy, or should we move on to the running back position? You guys, Me? I mean, yeah. you guys, you know, on, on let's move to, let's move to the running back position. Um, Damian Harris, when I was looking back at this, I was a little surprised. He finished as the RB10 last year in fantasy football. The Touchdowns, RB10. baby. Yep. He, uh, he is currently our running back 39. Um, not looking too good. Um, as far as the backup running back, Ramondre Stevenson, which one between these two would you rather have? Um, Stevenson or Damian Harris? For me, it's Ramondre Stevenson. I butchered his name, but that's who I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, James White is banged up in camp right now. So uh, Stevenson's going to be a guy that it fulfills that receiving need. And I think Mac Jones needs that in his offense. And we've seen, I mean, I've seen videos uh, of Stevenson taking more of that. I don't want to say scat back roll, but he's also could be a bruiser inside the tackle. So I think, it might be a matter of time before he kind of jumps into more of a prominent role. I would lean Stevenson as well. I, I still personally just, it's really tough to play the game with, with the Patriot running backs. And I think it, you're going to see a lot of uh, the same carry over into this year. So I don't know how many shares like I'll have of them, but if I was going to pick between one or the other, it would, it would be Stevenson. Yeah. Okay. Out of, the, ADP. out of these five receivers, which one would you be willing to take? And I'm going to say, with your last pick in your fantasy football draft, which one of these five receivers, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and I'm going to throw in Tyquan Thornton as well? And the answer, again, is none. Damn, you have to have one. <laughs> Devontae it would be, Parker. It, it would be Devontae Parker. It might be I would take Thornton. For me. I'd take Thornton. Then I can cut him right away after, if he doesn't. If he's not the speedster that everybody thought he was. You're going to be cutting him after week one. That's, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, Hunter Henry, I think, still has value as a, a tight end that you can probably stream. I don't know if you'll draft him. Do we see a, a second-year burst in Bill Belichick's offense for Johnny Smith, or we do, are we not worried about him at all? It's hard to. It's hard to be really confident uh, in Johnny Smith. You really had one good year with the Titans, and then – was invested a lot into the Patriots and really hasn't done much in his first season. So I would like to see it before I draft him. I'm with that. Same. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about this next team. And that that is the Miami Dolphins. They have done a lot this offseason. This is not the same team that we were talking about at the same time last year. Let's start at the quarterback position. Tua Tagovailoa. He is our quarterback 16 on the year. We are very close. All of us. Um, Bradley, Jeremy, and I have him at 17. Josh has him at 16. So we are we are very close as far as ranking. Trying to see how we finished last year. I don't think it was very good. The quarterback 26. How do we how do we feel about Tua? We're gonna obviously talk about his weapons going forward, but talk, let's talk about the quarterback. Do we feel pretty good about Tua? I am cautiously optimistic, is how I would say that. Um 
I think he has the the potential and the ability to take a jump. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to. We know what Josh Allen did once Stephon Diggs got there, right? Tua is not as good as Josh Allen, so that's not what I'm saying. But there is something to be said when you get a top 10 receiver on your roster. There is a lot of different things that the defense has to do to account for that. And Tyreek Hill is no different. Um, He is a game changer, and he's got two really good receivers that will make him a better quarterback. Any other thoughts on Tua? Can we move on to the handful of running backs we have to talk about? Money talks. (laughs) <laughs> I think it says I think it says a lot for like where we think Tua is to have him at 16 when Tyreek Hill's a top you know nine wide receiver you guys all have I think Waddle in your top 20 but we still only have Tua at 16 you know us we have him at 17 I think if we felt better about Tua he'd he'd probably have to be in the top 10 category or close to that so I think that that's where you see the cautiously optimistic because we think he could take a step forward. We think he can, you know, support these assets, but at the same time, we're clearly still a little bit nervous about it. Do you take any, do you take any like note on what Tyree kills been kind of campaigning this entire off season of like going to bat for two, like pretty hard. Not at all. No, just trying to rationalize his financial decisions. And yep. No, he, uh, that means nothing to me. I, I would hope that your receiver has your back like that. Um, Moving on to the running back position, I, I guess I don't even know where to start with this one. Who's their starting running back? I don't know. You got like five names you could throw out there. Give me Chase he, Edmonds. He goes by the name of Money Talks. Chase Edmonds. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, Money Talks. Um, he is our highest running back out of this group. They also have Raheem Mostert or Roheem if you want to. Yeah, yeah, Roheem. Got it. Uh, um, Sony Michelle. Bradley's guy, Miles Gaskins, <laughs> and then Selvin hey, Ahmed. Let me tell you, let me tell you, those gas prices are going down. That means gas man going back up. <laughs> <laughs> are, is Edmonds the guy that you guys are drafting? Yeah, and I'm also willing to to throw a late round pick into Mostert because he could really, really shine in a system that he's already comfortable with. It's a good point. Uh, the coaching staff coming over from the, uh, San Francisco, like that's, it's there's something to be said about not needing to learn a new system and being comfortable with that wide, wide zone or just the outside runs that he can utilize his speed and get to the edge. Let's move to the uh, wide receiver position. Oh, Chase Edmonds did finish as a running back 35 last year, um, but that also had to do with injuries and then James Conner also going nuts too. Um, the wide receiver position, Tyreek Hill, the first one we're going to talk about. He is our consensus wide receiver seven. Would you put this guy into a conversation of he could be the wide receiver one at the end of the year? So. I think I don't think so. Uh, I, I think the quarterback position um, has to be pretty much more higher tier in order for that to be something that I could, would bank on. Um, although a slant, he can take to the house at any given moment, which I think right. not a lot of people can say that. And so I would say one is not in his uh, range of outcomes, but I do think, uh, top, you know, four or five is something that he can certainly achieve. Moving on to Jalen Waddle. Finished as the wide receiver 21 last year. We have him currently ranked as our consensus 19th, 19th receiver. Um, do you think Jalen Waddle is solidified as a, a top 24 this year? Do we, do we think we feel good about him, even though he's a wide receiver two this year going into Miami? 
I do. Uh, just really quick with Jalen Waddle. I think it's so interesting that we basically saw two different receivers from his rookie year at Miami to his last year at Alabama, where he was more of a field stretcher, like kind of, you know, deep down the field guy. And then in Miami, he just turned in this target guy and like, you know, a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. And I think being able to do both is going to um, really bode well for his career uh, near um, near term and also in the future. I don't want to waste our time with Cedric Wilson because I don't think we're going to be drafting him. Let's talk about Mike Kosicki. Is he? I, this was a guy that I, when we did our uh, fan questions, the guy that we had ranked outside our top ten that we thought could be the tight end one. I think I, I said Mike Kosicki. I don't feel good about it at, at all. They talked about him having to prove that he can block if he's going to play in this system. Don't like it. That's not his job. That's not his role. <laughs> nope, that's not. He wants to get red zone targets and, and catch touchdowns. That's how you're going to benefit from having Gasicki on your roster. Any other love for Gasicki, or can we move on to the New York Jets? No, no love. The, okay, the <laughs> J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Let's talk about their quarterback. Dog. <laughs> the, quarter, the quarterback who the players love now was in the news a lot this offseason. not necessarily for football reasons, but he was in the news fan favorite, Zach Wilson. He is our consensus quarterback 21 on the year. Um, do we see a year two jump for Zach Wilson in the second year in the, the floor offense? What do we think? I, I, I would like to, but I would need to see it first. He's not someone, especially in a single quarterback league that I'm even looking at. Quarterback Superflex, 29 last year. Yeah. Superflex, like I said last week, every starting quarterback should be on a roster. So, yes, Zach Wilson should be on a roster for a Superflex. Dynasty, he still has value. I think he has a lot of value. He was picked number two overall. So there's still an adjustment that needs to be made when you go from a, a school like BYU to the NFL. So there's definitely potential for Zach Wilson. He's gotten some good talent around him, both at the running back and wide receiver position, which helps. But a lot of proving still needs to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the similar camp as, as Bradley. I think he can take a step forward, and I think he probably will. But I think you'll see that more so in just the, the overall football step forward as opposed to like a big fantasy upside step forward. Um, I think like best case scenario or realistic best case scenario is maybe a season that like Mac Jones had last year where, you know, pretty if, like gets a lot more efficient but doesn't have this just elite upside. Now, you do still have the possibility with his legs – which who knows, maybe they crack into that more and that that allows him to feel more comfortable and more in rhythm. But um, I think it's similar where he's got a lot of tools around him, but clearly we haven't really bought into his leap because we still have that 21 or 22 or whatever it is. Right. Interesting. Like, do you, th you, am I alone on this? I think Zach Wilson has a lot more physical, like ability to get the ball down the field than Mac Jones does. And I think his ceiling's much higher than him. Am I alone on that? No, I agree um, with you on that. So I think Zach Wilson and Tua are kind of two sides of the same coin where they want, like, maybe not as physical, able to get the ball down the field like in Tua, but in a much better situation, a guy that can be more accurate in, like, intermediate throws. Where Zach Wilson, maybe not intellectually there right now and isn't as accurate. So it's, I'll be interested to see where both of those guys end up at the end of the year. We'll know a lot more about their uh, long-term outlooks. That's fair. Let's move to the running back position. Brees Hall. The rookie running back from Iowa State. We currently have him as our running back 21 consensus-wise. What do we think of Brees Hall this year? I want shares. 
It, you do? Round running, yeah, I do. I do. I think there's opportunities for him to finish in the top five for running backs based on volume and talent. Um, there's really not a lot of competition for him when it comes to carries. Um, Michael Carter is in the in the backfield as well for for targets. Um, but I still think as far as first and second down, these are Brees Hall downs for sure and possibly third downs as well. So there's a there's definitely a potential for him to benefit and be a running back one. And you're drafting him in the third round at this point. I'm with Bradley. I, I want chairs too. He's now don't hear what I'm not saying. He's not in the same conversation as the exact same type of player as JT. But like when you were drafting Jonathan Taylor, you know, a couple years ago in, in that mold. Now, obviously the, the injury happened um, and to Marlon Mack and that obviously bumped his ADP skyrocketed high. But when you were entering that draft season, you saw the upside, you saw what he could be. Now the Colts had a much better offensive line at that point. But again, I think Brees Hall could be a ticket to really, really fancy relevant. Um, and I, I think he's going to be in a, a, a decent enough offense to be very relevant. And I also think the Jets improved on offensive line as well. What I'll say about this is very Josh, much so. Yeah. Um, Josh always says like he's he's wanting to be ahead of the curve with like a Derrick Henry. In my opinion, you want to be ahead of the curve on these young running backs as well. You need to take a chance and boom, then they explode onto the scene. So you have to be willing to to risk it for a, a Brees Hall or a Travis Etienne because right. it might benefit you and win you the league. Right. And, and, and so you're the, talking about him being your either RB2 or RB3, maybe, depending right. on how you draft it. So like, you're going to be pretty happy with, I think you'll get enough back at that spot to feel really happy. And you could even get more than that. And that's kind of those, right. And um, we talk about um, the different stances that we take with being okay with being wrong on. And Bradley kind of alluded like Derrick Henry. This is another situation where I'm very much being okay with being wrong on, like taking shots on young running backs, like the Brees Hall, Travis Etienne types of guys in the third, fourth round, take those shots all day long. That's who you want to try to, hit that home run swing on. I will not have any Brees Hall shares this year. Cause I'm taking them. Because if I'm, if I'm in the third, third round, I'm taking Elijah Mitchell over him. No way. Absolutely. I'll take Elijah Mitchell over Brees Hall. Better team. I just think that it's a lot more cloudy team. in San Francisco. It's a lot more cloudy of backfield in San Francisco than it is in New York. Why? Cause they've never done it. I agree. But, and their rookie is also getting a lot of steam. And I've heard that Trey Brees Sermon Hall's never done it. Well. Elijah Mitchell was great last year. The draft capital is going to – he's going to get a shot to be that – not the bell cow, but like the number one – comfortable number one in New York, in my opinion. We're talking too much about the New York Jets. Okay, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Um, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. Those are the three guys we're talking about. Let's let's rank those guys that you would that you would have drafting. I, I would assume Corey Davis is the last one. Yes. Yep. So which one between Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson would you rather have? I would go Garrett Wilson than Elijah Moore. I would take Elijah Moore. I would also take Elijah Moore. I would take Elijah Moore for redraft, Garrett Wilson for Dynasty. That's fair. I mean, yeah, that's fine. He's a rookie wide receiver. Mm-hmm. CJ Uzoma or Tyler Conklin in the tight end position are either one of them worth streaming? Nope. I think Conklin's I love, I, worth I love it. Conk. I love Conk, and I think he's so so underrated. I think he's underrated. 
he got a decent paycheck to to be there as well. So I think Uzama's more of the 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 how do I say this? This run blocking tight end where uh, Conklin can be a hybrid, um, get out there and run routes. As yep. I think we've seen with Jacksonville, those teams with rookie contracts that don't exactly aren't contending yet, don't know what to do with their money. So I don't know if I'd take a ton of account into that, but I. I'm just not going to, I'm going to be out on the tight, tight end. I terrible attitude. You, but that's terrible fine. attitude. Who's the winner of the division? Buffalo? Yep. Uh, Buffalo? Yeah, I yep. want Miami, but I put Buffalo. The Jets. I'm just kidding. Hardest player to rank? Gabe Davis. For me, it's Brees Hall. I want to move him up so much higher, but there's a lot of players above him that I can't move up, move him in front of. There's Damian Harris for me. I I, I just don't know. It, it like, RB10 last year, that's so tough to have him. I think right now I have him in the 30s. Yeah, Damien Harris is tough. I, I had the Patriots RBs. So, yeah. Both who's a, sleep, who's a sleeper for you? Well, speaking of uh, Patriots RBs, I put Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I put James Cook. Ooh. I also had James Cook. I like that. Elijah Moore for me. I think he's going to be good this year. Bold nothing, take. nothing more that Brady likes than sipping the camp buzz at this point. Dude, I, I had him good in my pre-draft rankings, too, so just relax. Heck, heck yeah. Bold <laughs> take for me is uh, Jalen Waddell outscores Tyreek Hill this year. I don't I obviously have, don't have that projected, but that's just a bold yeah. take. I have Ramondi Stevenson finishes as the best running back in this division. Whoa. That, that, I like that. That's actually like a possibility. Spicy. Yeah. I had Tua as a quarterback one this year. That's like wishful it. thinking. That's not a bold take. <laughs> uh, I had <laughs> I had Mac Jones as the second best fantasy quarterback in the division and finishes top fifteen. That would be behind insane. Zach Wilson or what? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, we're going to take a break. Come back and do the NFC East. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. Welcome back into the 4th and a Mile podcast. We're going to get right into the NFC East, starting with the division champs last year, the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, he is our consensus quarterback eight on the year. How do we feel about Dak going into this year with limited amount of weapons compared to what he's had in the past? The pie is not as big as it used to be. Um, how do we feel about Dak Prescott? I actually surprisingly feel pretty good about him. And I honestly, I feel like the fantasy community is kind of sleeping on him in general. Um, he's healthy. He's coming back healthy. He's got his best target in CD Lamb back. And I also think he's going to rely a lot on his running backs a lot more this year. Plus, he still has rushing capability. So I think in general, not that he's a steal at quarterback eight, but I think he is probably going to finish better than quarterback eight. I think you see an uptick in his rushing from previous years. I I think he's going to be a very good fantasy quarterback. I have him as a quarterback nine. So I guess it's just so tough. I He's not going above Trey. So uh, let's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, he's very confusing for me and how he's going to do with the limited weapons. I'm, I'm with Bradley. I feel pretty confident in him. I feel like you're drafting him sort of at his floor. Um, I agree with that. I, I think he's pretty safe. And I think the upside of, of some growth and his ability with his legs 
um, coming off of last year where maybe he was a little bit limited. Um, I feel like you could get a lot more upside there. I mean, he only had 146 rushing yards and only one rushing touchdown. So I think you could see a, a big reg positive regression there for him. I hope somebody has uh, ADPs pulled up because this is a guy that I think might be getting slept down. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he, he finished last year as the running back. Where'd he go? Running back six. And um, we have him ranked as our running back 13. Being drafted Does anybody as have the running back 16 at this point in standard scoring? He's pretty high. I would last take that. He played a lot of games. Uh, he played in all the games. Yes. Yeah. 15 and a half point PPR. But he was also extremely banged up. That's fair. I think he's an ADP steal. I, yep. I, we talk about safe players all the time, so we kind of use it as a redundant term. But Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, when your owner comes out and says that he's going to be a focal point of the offense, most times you would kind of be like, meh, whatever. But when Jerry Jones says that, you know it's going to happen because he has some sort of pull with him being in, being in the front office as well. So I think Zeke is a, a player that should be getting targeted a lot. So with that, Tony Pollard, would you draft Tony Pollard strictly only as a handcuff, or do you think that you could draft him and actually play him in some some weeks? You can play him for sure. Um, I'm not going to feel great about it. Like, it's not a great option. But as a flex, you know, when buys come around, you definitely can play Tony Pollard more week by week than you can, like, Alexander Madison for sure. I think right. – I think Tony Pollard is very similar to Naheem Hines that we talked about last week that like, if he's on your roster and you have to play him, it's like, all right, he's probably going to get you eight points and you feel okay that he's going to get you that, but he's not going to get the volume when Zeke is out there. I, I feel good about him being relevant enough to not really hurt you. If you have to roll him out there. Like, I think you're the highest on him, Jeremy. Yeah, I probably am. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, CD lamb, Obviously, the unquestioned wide receiver one going into this year for that team. Um, he is our consensus wide receiver eight. Um, do you know where he's being drafted, Bradley? Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. He's getting drafted lower than that. I can almost guarantee that. He's actually yeah. got him at wide receiver six and half point. Ahead of none other than Debo Samuel. There's no world that I'm taking C.D. Lamb over Debo Samuel. Brandon. Not even close for me. They're so, in like different tiers. So who do you think is second in this team in targets? Because I feel like that's like, is that a fairly straightforward answer for you? Or do you think that's a little for me? It doesn't for me, it doesn't come to from the wide receiver position. It's Dalton Schultz. It's Dalton Schultz. Yep. I'd, I'd, throw, throw Zeke in there as well for a contender. I, in my opinion. I think let's let's talk about Dalton Schultz real quick. He is he's our consensus tight end six. Um I, I think he is unquestionably the target two, if you want to call him, wide receiver tight end two in that offense. Um, I think he's solidified as a, a tight end, a top seven tight end this year. Very few tight ends have an opportunity like Dalton Schultz does for targets. And Agreed. usually, like, there's a tier break after Schultz where you're just basically hoping for touchdowns. You don't need to hope for touchdowns with Schultz. In between the 20s, no, he's yeah, still going right. to give you value. And I think yep. that's incredibly valuable at the tight end position, especially at his ADP. Yep. Moving back to the wide receiver position, uh, Michael Gallup's on the pup list, so we're not going to talk too much about him. Jalen Tolbert, a guy that is probably going to get 
forced into playing right away. Is he worth a late round pick for you guys? Yeah, for, I think so. For me, no. He's got physical tools and a. Josh wants that piece of the pie. There's the pie's still there. Hey, the pie, hey, that pie might be a little bit smaller, but there's less pieces in it, so there might be some th- uh, extras for uh, Jalen Tolbert to be eaten up. So <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. The opportunity is going to be there, so I think that a physical, uh, physical tools guy like Jalen Tolbert could shine in this offense. I do like Tolbert as a as a dart throw later on. So um, he's a guy that I really liked in the in the draft process, um, and I think he fits the mold of see what you have in week one. I mean, he he also could pop by week nine, right? He could be a guy that doesn't yeah. end up doing anything bef- until then. But at least you could draft him and sort of see early on, especially if Gallup is injured still. Do they have a role for him? If not, let him loose and so be. Quick. Quick shout out before we uh, move to the next team. Keep your eyes on Simi Fahoko, <laughs> one of our listeners. Get here. <laughs> Give a shout out to him. He might play. Okay, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback Jalen Hurts um, finished last year as the quarterback eight on the year. We currently have him ranked at quarterback six, which is too high. Um, but thoughts on Jalen Hurts this year? Um. So just like Josh was late to the party on Christian McCaffrey, I was late to the party on Jalen Hurts. Uh, this is a guy that I'm I'm wanting in a lot of my leagues at this point. Um, I think he has the opportunity to be a league winner. Um, somebody that after we get done with this part of our show um, is going to be moved up on my rankings. You, may, you factor in a couple different things. I talked about getting a top 10-ish receiver, what that does for a quarterback. A.J. Brown is no different. He's going to help Jalen Hurts out. Plus the rushing upside, they're – there's a very possibility that Jalen Hurts finishes as the quarterback one. That English was great. You know, <laughs> it's a very possibility. Very good <laughs> possibility. I looked up and saw Brady's <laughs> eyes. I knew he was Brady just absolutely lit up. He's like, awesome. I'm going to make fun of him. <laughs> if we ever did a live show, our listeners would know right away. It'd be like, like a dog seeing a squirrel. Brady is on that, like stink on manure. Because I don't ever make any mistakes, right? <laughs> Correct. Uh, no. Becker, I think so. My, I think my opinion on Jalen Hurts is pretty, you know, well known. Oh, yeah, what about know. you? I, yeah, I have him at, at uh, quarterback six. Um, I feel really good about Hurts. I think he's you're getting him at a, a pretty good spot. I want to double check his ADP as we're talking here. So he's currently quarterback seven. All yep, day. quarterback seven. I, I mean, if if you're taking Joe Burrow right ahead of me and I'm taking Jalen Hurts, I, f- I feel really good about that. I'm stoked about that. And I, and, Joe Shiesty? And we were talking earlier about um, Josh Allen in the second round and guys like Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Dak, like the that tier of quarterback is a huge reason why I think I'm totally out on like that really early second round, third round quarterback in that this tier of quarterback I'm all in on. You miss a quarterback, but that's okay. We'll move Trey on. Lance, to- fine. <laughs> Trey Lance. And I like all jokes aside, he actually does belong in that tier just because of the huge rushing upside. Uh, so once we're done with the divisions, I will be moving him up. Are you happy, Brady? Just because of the rushing upside? He's a better thrower than Jayla Hurts. Have you, have you seen you, – you love the training camp hype. Have you seen his stats in training camp? Trey Lance's? He's had a better camp than Jalen Hurts has. Look at all the B-reports We put a mile out who has a better fantasy year, Trey Lance and Absolutely. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Let's I mean, go. Put it on the board. Yep. Here we go. Okay, that's easy. That's easy money. Thank you. Um, 
money that we're not betting. So, correct. Yeah. Running backs. Miles Sanders finished last year as an RB forty. This is a, a group that our pod is extreme, or a guy that our pod is extremely high on. Um, Miles Sanders is our running back nineteen. Where is he being drafted right now? Miles I know Sanders. we're way higher on him yeah. than where he's being drafted. Do you guys, as we were vetting the uh, ADP here, do you guys put any stock into, you know, some of those reports about him taking second team reps and all this stuff in training camp? Miles Sanders is 31. 3-1. <laughs> we are so much higher than we have him 12 spots higher. Uh, I don't think that's ridiculous either. I think Ken, that we, I, I feel pretty good about him. There. Ken Gainwell is someone that should, people should be uh, keeping their eye on him as well. Uh, second year running back might take a jump. He's definitely been something, somebody that's been on my radar for the last couple of weeks. He, he's a guy I like in that spot as well. Um, you know, Bradley's talked about just a little bit ago about a guy like Naeem Hines. I think that sort of role could be very, very similar. It comes from the the Indianapolis tree as well. Um, I think he will he will have a role. Moving to the wide receiver position, A.J. Brown was traded there this year, finished last year in Tennessee as the wide receiver 35. We have him as our wide receiver 13. Do we feel good about A.J. Brown going into this year? So he's being drafted as the wide receiver 11, so we're a little bit lower on him in general. I think personally that his NFL impact is going to be a lot greater than his fantasy impact. I agree with that. Um, I think he changes their offense a lot and he, he needs to stay healthy. That's big, but if he's healthy, he will produce from an NFL standpoint. I don't think he's going to get you 12 catches a game or, or 12 targets a game, but he's certainly going to be a focal point of their offense. Uh, to me, this is a spoiler, but I have him as the hardest player to rank because I, I've done a decent amount of mock drafts recently. And every single time it comes to his name, as he's the top guy on the queue, like you want to take him, but you also, you take a look at a couple of those other names and you just feel better about, you know, new quarterback, new situation, new team. The stats on that are pretty staggering in terms of what that step oh, yeah. back looks like. But then you, you know, you listen to the camp, the camp buzz and you listen to all that. And, you know, one of the Eagles beat reporters put out like two days ago that based off of camp, it looks like he's on pace to have 200 targets. Like it sounds like obviously exaggeration, but it sounds like he has been the absolute focal point in the things that they were doing. You know, when you take a look at, you try to compare, right? Like he was in a run first system. He'll be in a run first system again, but he still was super fancy relevant. So it's, it, it just is very hard to rank because of the player that he can be, but I just, it's really hard to, to put his name and upside ahead of some of those other guys that are right around him. Especially it just, just building on that. Cause he's in a run first offense. I would say now, generally speaking, um, where he always does, hurt. Huh? He's always hurt too. No, I'm saying, so he was able to be very fantasy relevant, like to upper echelon wide receiver one upside in Tennessee, where it was a run first offense with low passing volume. He's still doing that here in Philadelphia. So I think that his range of outcomes is potentially higher than what we're giving him credit for. And that that's the huge thing that Brady just alluded to. It's just got to be health. Is he going to play 15, 16 games or is it going to be again, like 10? So it's remains to be seen with AJ Brown. Devonta Smith finished last year as the wide receiver 30 played in all 16 games of the week, one through 17. We have him right now as our wide receiver 35. 
He's obviously not getting as much love because of the years that Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase had. Um, thoughts on Devonta Smith? He still had a good year last year. For I think he's, yeah, I think he's crazy talented. The problem is, is that I think getting AJ Brown there does not help him because I don't know if Jalen Hurts will house two top fifteen wide receivers. Why not? Because I think he rushes the ball. I think he rushes the ball a little bit more than than other quarterbacks do, and I think their system allows him to run the ball more. God, Brady's attitude sucks. <laughs> Um, Dallas Goddard. How do, how do we whoa, feel about whoa, that? Whoa, 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 Jalen Rager. No, stop. Stop. I was like, who did I miss? Brad, Bradley, for your sake, for, for your sake, I hope he makes the roster. My guy. <laughs> My guy, 2022. Yep. Doubling down, boys. Book it, tripling down. Oh, Dallas Goddard, tight end nine in our rankings right now. How do we feel about him? Is he worth the draft capital that he is? He currently he finished last year as a tight end six. Is he worth? You think he he can repeat that? I don't. I don't I, think so. I'm slowly warm. I was kind of out, like I didn't really want a lot of shares, but I'm slowly warming on the idea that he could be a, a very nice red zone target for Jalen Hurts. See, I, I disagree with that. I think he's got to be three or four, maybe even five on the, the red zone targets. I think A.J. Brown is number one. I think his feet are number two. And then I also think running the ball needs to be factored in there as well as far as from the running backs. Dallas Goddard scares me because I don't think his volume is there at this point. Yeah, that's I, I'm out on him as well. So um, let's move to the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz. I'm trying. I'm looking through our rankings. I don't even think we He's have growing. him ranked in our top 25. So I I don't think we need to spend too much time on him. Is he worth a like a, a super flex quarterback two? No, quarterback three. I I feel good with him as my three, but not as my two. I'm not super upset. If he's my two. Yeah, me neither. He's a I would need to have like. I would need to have like two, two threes to be my two, like where he's not consistently my, like my, my quarterback too, or like Desmond Ritter or something like that. You know? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Get out of here, Antonio Gibson. His, his numbers weren't horrendous last no, year. No, they were not. Like they didn't. It did not pass the eye test at all, though. I mean, he finished <laughs> as quarterback fourteen. Should we go back to the Eagles and talk about eye test? Because that quarterback, I don't Turn know. Turn the page, okay. Brady. Antonio Gibson, last year, finishes a running back 14. Played in 15 of the 16 possible games. We have him as our running back 26. We are not high on Antonio Gibson. He's being drafted you, as the running back 19. Do you think we've gone too far? It's No. It's tough because the two most valuable things for – running backs being catch the ball and score touchdowns they have two backups that specialize in both of those things it's tough to it kind of caps his upside i i am known as being like a gibson you know was he my guy last year for you i don't think so okay um but he's been an rb in both of his years and we have him i i'm i'm with you guys like you guys know i've been saying the same thing i just 
It let's, started, let's not hedge it. We're out on him. <laughs> it started yeah. to get in my brain a little bit. Are we too far? But No, we're, we're, not. we're not. I'm hedging. Not. And plus, he's banged up in training camp. Yep. Yeah. Brian Robinson. Draft him in your dynasty rookie drafts. Moving to the wide receiver position, Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin, he's locked in. Wide receiver 18 for us. Last year, he finished as, where is he? Ooh, the wide receiver 25. So he he played in all 16 games, too. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he's had a lot of good success on the field. But being the ADP as wide receiver 15 is, is kind of scary, just when you look at some of the people around him. I mean, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks are all behind him, right? These are guys that we're probably taking above him. In, in PPR leagues, he's in three years. What do you think the highest he's finished is? 17. It hasn't, it hasn't been good. I know he only averaged 11.3 fantasy points in half PPR leagues throughout his entire career. The highest he's ever finished in PPR leagues is wide receiver 20. Yeah. It's That's surprising to me. Yeah, that is. Um, Jahan Dotson, I would say he's the unquestioned wide receiver too. Yes. Is he worth, yeah, we're, we'll worth a, a pick? Yes. What did you say? I think most definitely. I'll sleep on Vianney. Not only my sleep, but I'm taking NyQuil as well so I don't wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like praying somehow that trade with Brady works out in my favorite. Vianney just ends up just a stud. Jahan Dotson has looked pretty good in camp, but more importantly, he was a highly invested wide receiver. Pick six for the draft. Yes. Yeah. They, so, they got an idea for like they exactly. have a role. For they have to. They don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Real quick before we move on to the last team, Logan Thomas. Nope. Anything for you? No, I I don't think so as well. Curtis Samuel diet diet Debo season. You heard it here first. What did he just say? Curtis Samuel Ignoring. diet diet Debo Samuel season. You heard it here first. I don't even know what that. Moving means, on to the New York Giants. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> Running the ball. And, Catching like passes near the line of scrimmage, Debo Samuel last year. He's just going to be the diet version of that. You heard it here first. Um. Okay, let's move on, please. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback of the New York Giants, Daniel Jones. We have Daniel Jones as not ranked, so he's outside of our top twenty-five in consensus. Any thoughts on Danny Dimes? Becker, you're Danny Dimes' truth, or do you think he'll be the starting quarterback next year? Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. They're going to win six games. Maybe. <laughs> nice. Good answer. <laughs> I saw I saw a video of, I think it was Galladay going for a button hook, and Dan- Danny Dimes threw it like five yards to his right. It wasn't even catchable. And I'm like, okay, hand it to Saquon, please. He's I know I've been seeing all this hype that he had been looking pretty solid in camp, and then I saw that Danny Dimes throws just a dot. And I saw like, that today. <laughs> the caption absolutely killed me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, he finished last year as the quarterback 27, so let's not spend too much time here. Um, Saquon Barkley. What Saquon are we getting is the real question. Are we getting the healthy Saquon or are we not? He is our consensus. Uh, he's not a wide receiver. He's a running back 14. Um, thoughts on Saquon? I want him. I do as well. I am on him. 
definitely taking a ton of shares in the second round. I I'm willing to draft him over quite a bit of the guys in front of him. I think go through the the three guys ahead of him who are being drafted ahead of him. Leonard Fournette. I'm taking Saquon 10 times out of 10. (laughs) Me too. Alvin Kamara. I would take Kamara over him. Kamara. And then Javante Williams. I would probably take Barkley. I'll take Saquon out on Javante. We'll be talking about him next week. Out. (laughs) That's fine. I am with Bradley on all of those names. Obviously, obviously health is a problem for for Barkley, but if he's healthy, his volume in the past game is something that you should keep an eye on. He's more than capable and he's going to be used a lot in Dable's system in the past game. Are you sipping on the, uh, the training camp juice? You've been seeing all the passes that he's been catching. That's what you're doing. That's my (laughs) thought process before. And my eyes just told me, yes. The, The thing that I'm really like buying into is the, the Dable effect. I just think he's going to do a lot um, for that offense. Uh, real quick before we move on to wide receivers, we got to give a shout out to the Britta fielder, Matt Britta. <laughs> he's back up. Might have back. a role this year. Yeah. Might, might have a role this year. That'd be the only thing moving, moving to the wide receivers, let's start with what I believe is the top two receivers on this team uh, Kenny Galladay, Canaries Tony. Interest, those two. I want Kadarius Tony. He he is definitely one of those wild cards. If I don't get Saquon, then I want Tony. One of the stats I scrolled through on Twitter is that he had over 2.00 yards per route run as a rookie. Only 12 other running or 12 other wide receivers have had that. 11 of those other 12 finished the next season as the wide receiver one, a wide receiver one, I should say. Oh wow! I, then, I'm in on I'm in on Tony for sure. That that reflects our ranking rankings as well. Kadarius Tony we have as our wide receiver forty eight. Kenny Galladay wide receiver 50, 56. So Kadarius Tony or Traylon Burks. I would take Tony. Tony. Probably. Tony. Interesting. And I don't think my rankings. Yeah, my rankings. How about this one? Kadarius Tony or Chris Olave. Olave. You're all in Olave now, huh? <laughs> That's really close for me. I would take Kadarius Tony. I would take Olave. Oh, uh, all in on Olave. I did get him in my rookie draft, didn't I? That's true. Okay. Uh, Sterling Shepard, any interest? Nope. They're all just solid. They have so many like C minus receivers where they're too good to be like incredibly disrespectful. C minus. That is disrespectful. Okay. C minus. C plus receivers. Fine. <laughs> like where they're like NFL caliber receivers, but they're just in a quote offense where they're not going to shine. And I just spoiler alert. Now, that's though. my that's my hardest players to rank are just giant receivers because I think there's going to be fantasy relevance there. I just don't know who. I'd be interested in Wandale Robinson I, for a late round. Yeah. See if he's got anything. Um, the tight end position, last last player to talk about. It's been the rookie Dan, Daniel Bellinger, which is kind of funny because in our fantasy league, I drafted him because he was getting some hype. And then I, I threw him on the trade block and, and one of the, the league mates sent a, <laughs> a fifth round pick over and I traded him away for a fifth round pick in 2025. So if he becomes really good, that's going to be a uh, quite interesting, but Gosh, I'm sure he'll so probably funny. be a, a cut candidate since you got to drop it down by five people. But I believe he is the starter there. I'm assuming no fantasy interest for him. Correct. Not for me. Okay. Let's uh, let's pick the winner. Who's winning the division. Eagles. 
Ooh. I have the Eagles as well. Dang, I have the Eagles. Dang. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Hard, hardest player to rank? Uh, giant wideouts. <laughs> Um, that's, two, that's two times in a row you've done the position group and not a player. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. I know you will. Uh, I had AJ Brown, as alluded to before. I have Kadarius Tony. I have Devonta Smith. I he was my best receiver coming into the draft. And he's or, my sleeper. He he was my best rookie fantasy receiver because I thought he was gonna get so much of the volume. I thought he was gonna be better in Chase last year. And obviously he wasn't. <laughs> but but uh who's a sleeper? I had Jahan Dotson. As did I. Becker were two for two on sleepers. Yep, let's go. Devonta Smith. For me, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Absolutely getting slept on. He is for sure. I agree with that. How about a bold take for this division? For me, it's Saquon Barkley finishes as the number one overall running back. Dang, I like it. A.J. Brown has 15 touchdowns. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, mine is more along the line of Bradley's. I had uh, Barkley finishes as a top five RB and jumps back into the first round um, for next year when drafts start. Mine was uh, no quarterback finishes in the top eight in this division. I think that's a horrible take. That's, that's a bold take. I, I don't think it's bold. I think it's a bad take. You're absolutely take. sleeping on Daniel Jones. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do our ones. Got to go real quick. We're looking at the running back position: Damian Harris, Antonio Gibson, Brees Hall, and Miles Sanders. Which one of these running backs has to go? Get Damian Harris out of my life. Get him out of here. Whoa! Would you just stop disrespecting? What if he's him a friend of the show. And now you just now he's not. Of the if four he's a friend of the show, go. Josh is gone. Let's just of call the what four it options, is. He's got to go. I mean, he's the one for me to go too, but I I don't want him out of my life. It, I've Gibson's got to go for strongly me. for dramatic effect. Obviously, I don't. Yeah, he's a fine man. I I'm, I'm also gonna go with Gibson. Gibson's got to go. It's a mistake. It's not a mistake. He's gonna be bad this year. He's their third best runner. <laughs> don't say that. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and Mile. Thank you so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you.